0: In general, any negative impacts would be because it involves passive viewing and of poor quality or age-inappropriate content. If there's a lot of scene changes, then that can be a little bit more difficult for the child to process. If you can join in with their viewing whenever possible, then that, that would be good. Ask questions about what's on screen. See if they understand what's happening. Engage that back-and-forth interaction. That's really valuable. Babies and infants simply don't have brains that are well-developed enough to learn properly from two-dimensional media. Social media can throw up all these recommended content using the algorithms and there is no real control over what can show up and what the child might inadvertently end up seeing
1: without parents' knowledge. Welcome to this episode of the Parental Well-Being Podcast. Today, we are talking about screen time many toddlers and children watch programs on various forms of screens such as the tv ipads parents phones laptops etc but the ministry of health recommends that children under two years old have no screen time at all or less than one hour for those aged two to five years old and less than two hours for children five to seventeen years old however In New Zealand, children are watching a screen for longer than these recommended times. Data from the Growing Up in New Zealand study showed that over 80% of two-year-olds have the TV playing in the same room as them and 12% are exposed to more than six hours of TV per day. The use of excessive recreational screen time increases with age with approximately 60% of two to four year olds, 80% of five to nine year olds, and over 90% of 10 to 14 year olds watching screens for more than two hours a day. We know that as a child grows, their brain is constantly developing and it increases the number of connections between brain cells. We know parents and caregivers can support this brain development by talking, playing, and caring for their babies and children. So this made me wonder, if so many children are watching more than the recommended hours per day, is excessive screen time bad for kids? And if so, why? With me to talk about this today again is Dr. Felicia Lowe from the University of Auckland. Dr. Lowe, along with her colleagues, Chloe Wilkinson and Sir Peter Gluckman, wrote a report on screen time, the effects on children's emotional, social, and cognitive development in 2021. Welcome again. Thank you, Shireen. Considering there's potentially educational programs out there for babies and toddlers, why is the recommendation that they not have any screen time at all? So what we need to realize about screens
0: and devices is that unlike most toys from just one generation ago, so what you and I would have been playing with as babies, screens are flat. They're two-dimensional. And babies and infants simply don't have brains that are well-developed enough to learn properly from two-dimensional media. So if they see an image on the screen, there are no... 3D features that can provide depth. There are no textile cues that can provide a link between touch and sight. And so this makes it a lot harder for them to make the mental transfer from what they see represented on the screen to real life. And just because there are educational programs available, it doesn't mean that they are effective. There's actually very little research evidence that these programs work at all. And... In fact, there was one study that tested a popular commercial program and it found that toddlers that watched the program didn't learn a single extra word compared to toddlers that didn't watch the program. And what was even more interesting was that the toddlers, the group of toddlers that learned the most, actually had parents that taught them the words through everyday activities. I think this says a lot about the usefulness or lack of these educational programs. So I don't think that there's any utility of them at all.
1: Interesting. And there was also mentioned in your report of excess screen time leading to behavioral problems as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. Broadly speaking, these are preschoolers mainly that we're looking at.
0: Preschoolers who watch screens without parent involvement, so by themselves, passively, are more likely to show behavioral issues, such as in their ability to pay attention and control their behavior, so self-control skills. Having said that, these effects are usually mild. And there are also a couple of points to note because it is quite difficult to know for sure whether it's that lots of screen time causes behavioral problems or whether children who already have behavioral problems are being led to use screens more maybe because their parents or caregivers are overwhelmed from the demands of caring after children with behavioral problems. So it's very difficult to tease out this relationship in research studies. So strictly speaking, we can only state that there's an association between excessive screen time and behavioral issues. But I also do have to clarify that it's not a 100% guarantee that any child that uses screens or devices a lot will definitely have behavioral problems. It's just that there is an increased risk of that happening. And it can depend on the child themselves. Also, other factors like how much interaction they get with their parents outside of screen time. And it's also very nuanced, this issue. It's not about screen time per se, because it can really depend on the type of content that the child is watching, so whether it's slow versus fast paced, whether it's fantastical versus realistic. There's quite a big difference between watching a program like Sesame Street, for example, versus SquarePens. <laughs> so I'm not saying never watch pens, but it's just something to keep in mind when you're thinking
1: about what the child is watching. And that's really interesting because your report did specifically mention Sesame Street. So what is it about Sesame Street that makes it potentially good or better viewing than Bob SquarePants, yeah. for example? Yes, yeah,
0: Sesame Street is often raised as an example in the literature about a program that's good for young children. And that's because it's been intentionally designed to be educational and interactive. And it's set in a, at an appropriate pace. So... This and other similar
1: programs have actually been found to help with academic skills. And it's been a long time since I've watched Sesame Street, but I remember I did watch it as a child and there's some realism to it, right? There's people in there. It's not the cartoons that a lot of children are watching today that are from outer space or, or wherever they may be. So is it those more fantastical cartoon related programs that you're saying might not be as good as? May, I mean, but yeah,
0: but I think it's a combination as well. I don't think there's anything wrong with a cartoon that's set in outer space, per se, say, but maybe if it's set at a, a really fast pace and the scene keeps changing all the time, rather than just a single shot of a single character doing something slowly. So if there's a lot of scene changes, then that can be a little bit more difficult for the child to process and in turn, yeah, affect their
1: behavior or emotional control later on. So what I'm hearing is that you're not saying no to all forms of screen time per se, Mm -hmm. but to consider what your children are seeing and what they are absorbing and for how long. Would that be correct? That's absolutely right. So if anything,
0: the term screen time is a bit of a misnomer. So I would say that a A longer time spent on quality content is definitely going to be more beneficial than a shorter time spent on poor quality content. So it's, yeah, it's really very nuanced situation.
1: And you mentioned parental involvement when children are on screens. Why is parental involvement so important when young children are on a screen or watching a show? Because it really
0: is the best way to ensure that the child gets the most out of the screen content. There's consistent research that shows that children who watch with their parents or caregivers in an interactive way learn the most. So maybe the parent would be discussing the content that they're watching on the screen or asking questions of the child about what they've just watched or their opinion on something. Maybe there was a word that was mentioned and then you could ask, oh, do you know what that means? That sort of pieces of interactions. And so children who watch unsupervised tend to learn less and also potentially have issues with paying attention, social interactions.
1: Let's now move on to slightly older children between that five and 12 year mark. With children around that age, between five to 12 years old, they're often using devices at school right? However, your report is specifically discussing recreational use, so the additional use of screens outside of school time. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. It does make it a bit complicated because children are
0: exposed to screens in so many different ways, both at home recreationally, at school, and in educational context. And the research out there is still trying to tease apart these different factors and relationships and the overall impact on children. We don't know too much about the effects of educational screen use in schools. But I understand that in New Zealand, it's very widely used this BYOD or bring your own device scheme where children bring their own go or whatever to school and use it for much of the day. In fact, my older child is doing just that this year. Yes, I have
1: wondered myself too about what exactly are the effects. We're not really sure. So a lot more research needs to be done in, in that space as well. Yes, for sure. And there was a suggestion that, and you touched on it before, that excessive screen time can affect a child's ability to interact with others or control their emotions, even at this age, so the slightly older children. Why is, is this?
0: Oh, we don't really know about the why in terms of how, why it affects the child. We do know that it does. The most I can really say about that is that we know that in general, any negative impacts would be because it involves passive viewing and of poor quality
1: or age inappropriate content. When you mention age inappropriate, I guess that we can probably mm. flip that on his head and talk about age appropriate viewing for the children between what we're talking about now, which is five to twelve years old. And would age appropriate Viewing the shows or games, for example, that teach them skills like teamwork and being able to problem solve, those sorts of things? Yes, those would fall under something
0: that's appropriate for this age group to watch. Basically, you would want to make sure that the child is not watching anything that's meant specifically for adults, something with excessive violence, for example. That can be a little bit of an issue because social media can throw up all these recommended content using the algorithms, and there is no real control over what can show up and what the child might inadvertently end up seeing without parents' knowledge. So yes, that can be another tricky issue.
1: It's interesting you brought that up because that was one of the points I was wanting to raise with you, which is how can social media affect children in this particular age group? So most social media companies have a minimum age
0: of 13. Signing. So this includes Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever else young people are using these days. And uh, there is this implicit assumption that using social media is not suitable for tweens or much less younger children. Yes. And I personally would be strongly discouraging my children from signing up to social media
1: for for as long (laughs) as possible, really. So let's move on to teenagers. No. Many teenagers, if not just about every teenager, will have access or have their own smartphones, for example, and be on some form of social media, right? Yeah. And if not social media, they'll be, yeah, they'll be joining online groups as well. And we know that with social media, a lot of it's around looking a certain way, fitting in with a certain group, the number of likes you might have, for example. Mm -hmm. Also know online bullying can be a massive problem to this age group as well. There is a lot of pros and cons to the use of social media, yet it is the norm for everyone to be on it. My question to you, which is probably going to be quite a difficult question, Mm -hmm. is how healthy is this use of social media across the board? Okay, it's not black and white.
0: So it really depends on how it's being used. So if, you know, teenagers, they're being older, they want more independence, and that's also a good thing. And so if they use it to build friendships with others, because now they're moving away from relying on parents, relying on peers instead. So if they use it to build friendships and build connections, stay in touch with others, then that could be helpful because there are studies showing that can help with reducing loneliness reducing stress, and even boosting self-esteem. And it's also possibly helpful for minority youth, for example, rainbow youth, to seek solidarity with others. But as you mentioned, there can also certainly be negative impacts. So a great example is the recent publicity about Instagram. Their own research showed that one in three teen girls felt worse about their body image after using it. Teens may experience FOMO, fear of missing out, because they see one friend has this special cool latest cool gadget or whatever, the other friend is allowed to do that. and
1: Oh, why can't I do it?
0: Yeah, and you also mentioned that compulsion to keep checking posts for likes and comments and other forms of validation, and that can all contribute to anxiety. In social media, it's hard to control what they will be coming across. They may be exposed to inappropriate content could be sexualized, it could be violent, and yeah, cyberbullying can have quite serious impacts too.
1: And that at the same time, these teens will also be using devices again through school. That's part of how they're learning within that secondary school environment. So They'll be using it for purposes they need to use it for, but then socially they'll be using it as well. So teens must be on screens for many hours per day right
0: yeah but again it's not the hours it is what they're doing in those hours so this is really where we encourage parents or caregivers to sit down with their teenagers and discuss the possible pitfalls of social media use things to be aware of and just keep an eye on them see how they're doing and if there any more changes or anything like that basically keeping an eye on them just to make sure that things are not
1: spiraling or going
0: to a place that is not healthy for them.
1: And there are times when children will be in front of a screen, either so parents can do other tasks or they're working from home or just to have a break. And for some children or teenagers, they might just automatically turn on a device or screen to to connect with friends or play games or other purposes. Yeah. You touched on this before for teenagers, And when it comes to what parents can do in talking to their teens, recognising that it is the norm in today's society, at least in New Zealand, for children of all ages to either be literally on a screen or be exposed to some form of TV or some sort of screen. What do parents need to be conscious of? So that depends on the age of your child, because obviously depending on
0: your child's age, there may be some things that they're developmentally ready for or not so if your child is still an infant under the age of 2 then i would suggest avoiding passive screen time for them and also one thing that is emerging in the research is our own device use so if let's say you're playing with your infant and you're using your device at the same time we do know that it does serve to interrupt the interactions and it just distracts you away from giving attention to your child and they notice these things. And there's some suggestion that it can cause them more stress as well. So just be mindful of your own device use while playing with your infant. Going a bit older for preschoolers, you may like to consider using educational type of content where possible. And I know personally as well that it's difficult to find a time to sit down with them and watch something interactively. But if you do, if you can join in with their viewing whenever possible, then that, that would be good. Ask questions about what's on screen. See if they understand what's happening. Engage that back and forth interaction. That's really bad And then for older children, again, make sure that they are not exposed to age-inappropriate content. I would suggest avoiding social media for as long as you can. And uh, yeah, also importantly, make sure that the device use does not is not at the expense of other important areas, such as playing outdoors, for example, being active. It doesn't matter if your child is doing something educational on a screen, they still need to have that activity or breathing in fresh air outside or whatever. Or sleep is another one too. If a child is using a device before bedtime, that may affect their ability to sleep well and You know, this is a whole other discussion, but sleep is really important for children, for their brains to function well. So, yeah, just make sure that maybe perhaps have rules around no screen use near bedtime. And and we've already talked about with teenagers discussing the issues involved with social media and what to look out for and parents just keeping an eye on their teenagers and
1: their mood and so on. You've touched on quite a lot of different things that parents could do you've mentioned no screen time for under twos and why where possible recognizing that may not always be possible especially if you have a number of children in the household there might be older children that will be on screens or maybe in front of the tv and that's okay it's just having that conscious awareness of how much and what young babies are exposed to and as your children get older what is it that they are exposed to? What sort of educational activities are they doing on screen? And is it age-appropriate or not age-appropriate viewing? Uh, later on, when your children, you know, and most of them inevitably will be on social media, <laughs> having those conversations and being conscious and aware of what they might be exposed to as well. It certainly helped me get a, a better gauge of Why we have these recommended hours for these different age groups as well, and what we can do to just ensure that our children are viewing age-appropriate educational activity that's still fun, versus many hours sitting in front of a TV without any parental involvement, Uh, and just having that interaction with them at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Shereen. It was great to talk to you about this. This is the Parental Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Sharina Basan. Thanks for joining me and learning how to more effectively care for ourselves while we take care of our families.